Amen. A German research university, a large university, commissioned a series of drawings of samples of different trees and shrubs and their root systems. And I want to show one of those to you today. It's called the Norway maple. And what you see, of course, at the top is the tree itself, sort of a slice of it down into the roots and then a little bit of the, the main root system. And from the, on the bottom, you're looking up at the tree as if you were in the ground looking at the root system. And what amazes me is just how far that root system spreads out for this tree. And if you look at all these samples, what you'll find is an amazing variety. Some of them stretch far out broadly. Some of them go very deep. But the clear message is for the plants to survive, they've got to have this intricate root system that anchors the plant in the ground and provides the nutrients, allows those nutrients to go up into the plant. It keeps it alive. Now, one of the things that strikes me about all this is that it takes a very long time. And what has to happen is the plant has to be in the right conditions, the right environment, and then those roots naturally grow. Now, we're in the series that I'm calling Rooted, and our think we're thinking about how we grow in our rootedness in God, how we develop a deep sense of rootedness that allows us to be stabilized and allows us to be anchored and fills us with the nutrition that comes from a relationship with God spiritually. But one of the things is, it takes a long time, doesn't it? I mean, to develop deep roots with God, it's not something that's going to happen in a few days or weeks. It happens over months and years and even decades. And if you're like me, maybe you're a little impatient with all that. You want it to happen quickly. You want it to happen now so that you know you're where you should be with God. But really, what so much of our spiritual lives is about is creating the right conditions for those roots to grow. And that can be a little frustrating because we want it to happen quicker than that. And this is even, maybe for me, especially true in my prayer life. Because, you know, I'm a guy who likes the realm of thoughts and thinking about things and debating ideas, but when it comes to a problem, a situation, an opportunity, I wanna do something about it, right? I wanna act, I wanna fix the problem. And for me, and I'm just being candid here, maybe some of you know what I'm talking about, prayer doesn't feel like we're doing anything. Now, I know that's not true, okay? I'm just telling you how I feel, right? So I know we need to pray. I I'm, I'm get that. We're going to come back to that. But for me, who wants to act to solve the problem, when we're sitting down and it's quiet and we're talking to God, feels like we should be doing something about the problem. And yet, what most of us know is we need that connection with God. We need to be talking to God about things that matter in our lives. We need to know that God is at work in our lives. And one of the ways we do that is to talk to Him. But the truth is, sometimes when we need it the most, we fail to pray. Sometimes when we're dealing with the biggest problems, the things that threaten us the most, we fail to pray and it happens for lots of different reasons. Maybe you're facing something today and you're just surprised at how weak you feel in the face of that. Like, you know it should be better. You know you should be stronger in your faith. You know that for the amount of time you serve God, maybe you're like Jerry and I grew up the same way, always in church. Like, I should be stronger and you're a little embarrassed 
to maybe talk to God about that because I should be further along. Or if we're honest, there are times when, when we avoid prayer because we know there's sin in our lives, right? And if we pray, what happens? Then we experience the guilt that comes with that. I mean, an encounter with God reminds us of how messed up sometimes we are. And that sin, well, you know what? It's a lot easier to avoid talking to God and being faced with that guilt than it is actually dealing with the sin and making a change in our lives. So what do we do? We just don't talk to God. We don't pray. Or maybe in your life, it's been the kind of thing where you've got this thing that's going on and it's been going on and you've dealt with it for a lot of years and you've talked to God about it a number of times and you're almost embarrassed to talk, about, talk to God about it again. Like, do I, should I bring this up one more time? Isn't God tired of hearing me talk about this? Or maybe, maybe you look at your problem and it seems so trivial compared to all that God's got on his plate, right? He's got wars. He's got famine. He's got people starving to death. He's got sickness. Surely God is too busy to think about this problem that's really sort of big in my life, but compared to the grand scheme of things, doesn't amount to much. So does God really have time for me? And so for those reasons and probably a host of other reasons, sometimes when we need to be talking to God the most, we're talking to Him the least. And maybe it's just because it doesn't feel like it does that much. Well, today, to sort of think through that problem in our lives, I'd like for us to to look at Psalm 71, uh, Jerry sung some about it and alluded to it in a couple ways. I'd love for you to turn your Bible, if you've got it, or on your phone, whatever it is, you've got access to the Bible. Psalm 71. Now, Psalm 71 really is just an extended prayer, okay? It's the prayer of a person who is in need. It is very different. Like we looked at Psalm 121 the first week. We looked at Psalm 119. We're going to stay in the Psalms throughout this series and allow this to speak to how we grow in our rootedness with God. So, but Psalm 119 last week, very structured very carefully organized. Remember that we got these stanzas and it goes on for dozens and dozens of verses and, and each stanza has a different verse from the Hebrew alphabet. So each verse begins with this particular letter and it's all so carefully organized. Psalm 71 could not be more different. Psalm 71 is the cry of a person who has been serving God for many years and now finds himself in trouble. He doesn't know what to do and he's just laying it out there. It's not organized. It's not carefully orchestrated, not carefully worded. It's just God. Here's the problem. And both those are really valid ways to bring things to God. But when we think about prayer, I think this is a really good example for us. Now, again, this psalm is a little too long. It's not like Psalm 119, but I'm not going to read the whole thing. I encourage you to do that sometime this week. Maybe, maybe even every day it would be easy to do to spend some time in this psalm. But we're going to skip around a little bit to get sort of the idea of what the psalmist is saying. And I want us to begin in Psalm 71, verse 9. The psalmist says, Do not cast me away when I'm old. Do not forsake me when my strength is gone. For my enemies speak against me. Those who wait to kill me conspire together. They say, God has forsaken him. Pursue him and seize him, for no one will rescue him. 
In other words, all the enemies of the psalmist are saying God has abandoned him. And I almost get a little bit of the sense that the psalmist feels that. That maybe God is not paying attention anymore. The idea is when he was strong and bold that everyone said, man, this is an example of someone who is faithful to God and an example of someone whom God is faithful to. But now he's old and he can't do what he once used to be able to do. And this is a sign that God has left him. So now's the time to take him. And part of what this psalm is saying is, God, I want to be an example of your faithfulness at work in a human being. I want people to be able to look to me and my life and say, man, God is faithful. And then verse 12, which really lays out the core of this psalm and gives us a glimpse into the heart of the psalmist. He says, do not be far from me, my God. Come quickly, God, to help me. And maybe you've been there. When there really wasn't much to say other than, God, I'm in trouble. And I need some help. And if it were pretty quick, that would be really good because I'd like this problem to go away. It's not a carefully worded theological statement about who God is. It's just, God, I'm in trouble and I need help. Maybe you've been there. Maybe you know that feeling. You know what it's like to feel this sense of lostness and wondering what to do and just asking God to be faithful and be there. And we might say, well, why does this psalmist why does he go to God? Why does he even think God's going to help? Well, he, he tells us that if we back up a few verses to verse 5. It says, For you've been my hope, sovereign Lord, my confidence since my youth. From birth I have relied on you. You brought me forth from my mother's womb. I will ever praise you. And the way that's translated, it almost sounds it's all about the psalmist and his praise. And really what those two verses are about is God's been at work from the beginning. Like from the time before the psalmist was even born. So it's not so much that the psalmist has worshipped God all this time, though that's true. But even before he was born, God was at work and God was faithful. And so the psalmist can look back on his life and say over and over and over again, I've seen God at work. God has been at work in my life and in the lives of the people around me. And I can testify to that. And because of all that... I can bring my problem to God today and say, God, I'm in a mess. Help me out. Get me through this. And the psalmist promises how he's going to respond when he sees God at work. And we get that down in verse 14. He says, as for me, I will always have hope. I will praise you more and more. I'm going to continue to have hope because of you. Verse 15, my mouth will tell of your righteous deeds, of your saving acts all day long, though I know not how to relate them all. I will come and proclaim your mighty acts, sovereign Lord. I will proclaim your righteous deeds, yours alone. The psalmist says, I am going to talk about the mighty acts of God for the rest of my life. Regardless of what happens, 
I'm going to talk about how God is faithful. In fact, I could spend the rest of my life talking about God's faithfulness and I would never be finished. I could start stacking up all the things that God has done and that stack would ever get higher because I could never say it all. Because God is so faithful to me and God is so faithful to his people. And so whatever happens, I'm going to spend my days talking about the mighty acts of God. And and that's what we're gathered here today for, right? I mean, we are here to talk about what God has done. Most specifically and most powerfully in Jesus. Who on the cross brings us forgiveness and salvation and through his resurrection points us to eternal life. And so we are here in our worship to recount, to recite the mighty acts of God. To do just what this psalmist says. Now, we look at this whole psalm, and again, I would encourage you to do that, and think through, okay, if it's, a, if it's a prayer, and it's an example of prayer, a prayer that faithful people have been praying for thousands of years now, what does it teach us? I would say it teaches us, and it's very similar to a lesson that we learned the first week, that God is worthy of your trust, but It takes us a step further. If it's specifically about prayer, and it's about how we talk to God, I think it says this. You can take it all to God. Whatever's going on in your life, you can take it all to God. Whether you're dealing with temptation and sin and guilt, you can talk to God about that. Whether you're dealing with a problem that's been there for a long time and maybe you're tired of thinking about it and tired of talking to God about, you can still take it to God. Whether it's something that seems really small compared to all that God has to deal with, you can talk to God about that too. Whatever it is, even if you feel weak and unworthy, guess what? Everyone who prays today is unworthy. Every single one of us. But God honors us. He makes us worthy by listening to us. Whatever it is you've got going on today, you can take it all to God. And when we do, that helps us grow deep roots in our relationship with God. Because it expresses to God what's going on in our lives. And it expresses our faithfulness to God and God's faithfulness to us. And part of our prayer may well be reciting his mighty acts and talking about what he's done. Now, I think there's four things that we can do with this. And I'm going to run through these. But four ways to put this at work in our lives, especially as we see the psalmist do the same thing. And the first is set aside time to pray. And what I'm really saying here is pray. Okay, like just do it because it's really easy if we don't set aside that time to go through a whole day and we're busy. We got stuff going on. We got work we have to do, things that we're going to do with our kids or our parents. We got school, whatever it is, we have things to do. And it is easy to go through a whole day and realize, you know what? I never really spent any time talking to God. I just didn't think about it because I was so busy. And maybe you threw a prayer at God around a meal or you threw a prayer at God when you thought of something you needed to help with, but you never actually quieted yourself, your mind, your soul to take something to God. 
And I'll be honest, the only way that really happens with me is if I set the time aside to make it part of my routine to spend some time talking to God. We all need it because if we don't, we may not get to it. So set aside some time for that. Second, be honest. Okay, this is the heart of what this psalmist is saying to us. Listen, I'm going to talk to God about the stuff in my life. I'm going to lay it out there. And some of it's not pleasant. Some of it's hard. Some of it's embarrassing. Some of it's a real struggle and I don't, I don't want to deal with it. Some of it I feel like I should have handled already, but I'm going to take it to God and I'm going to be honest about it. And I'm going to lay out my real needs to God. We'll talk about that in a minute. I'm going to be honest about what's going on. And God can take it. And the truth is, if we think we're hiding it from God by not being honest, we're kidding ourselves, right? Because if we think, well, I just won't talk to God about my sin, well, He still knows. Or I'm not going to talk to God about the same thing that I've said over and over. Well, He knows you're still thinking about it. You're not fooling Him. So just... Be honest. You can take it all to God. That's what we're talking about. So be honest with God about what you're struggling with. And be honest with God about how He's been faithful. Third, ask God for what you need. And, and you know, prayer is not transactional. In other words, it's not about, okay, God, I'll do this for you if you do this for me. Okay, I'll be really, really good if you'll just give me. That's not the way prayer works. And it's not always about just getting stuff that we want, but I think we should be unafraid to ask God for what we need. And that can be physical stuff, but it can also be our spiritual needs. It can be laying out for God, I need healing, I need, I need control of temptation, I need this relationship restored, I need for you to show me how to do what needs to be done in my life. This is asking God for what we need, and we need to be ready to do just that. And then finally, don't forget to give thanks. Be sure to give thanks to God. It's easy sometimes to get so caught up in what's struggling, you know, what we're struggling with, what's causing us pain, what we need to get through, and we forget to look back and say, God has been faithful. God has acted in mighty ways in my life, and He's acted in mighty ways in history, and He has promised to act in mighty ways before it's all over. And we need to give thanks for that. In fact, the psalmist ends the psalm in this way, beginning in verse 22. I'll praise you with harp for your faithfulness, my God. I'll sing with praise to you with the lyre, holy one of Israel. My lips will shout for joy when I sing praise to you, I whom you have delivered. My tongue will tell of your righteous acts all day long, for those who wanted to harm me have been put to shame and confusion. God, you've been at work you will be at work, and I give you praise for that. Part of reciting the acts of God is praise. So whatever it is you're dealing with, you can take it all to God. That's what this psalm teaches us. And before we finish up, we've come here today, and we've got stuff going on, right? I mean, there's stuff on our hearts and maybe you've neglected to pray about it. I want to give us just a few moments here of quiet for us each individually, but in the same room, to talk to God. 
Maybe you've been avoiding talking to him about something because you're embarrassed or because you're tired of talking about it. God's not fooled. Let's spend a few minutes just laying out before God maybe what we were afraid to talk about that he already knows. And then I'll finish the prayer together. Let's pray. God, we all came to this room today with different emotions, different experiences. Some people came in this room today with great joy and they are ready to talk about your faithfulness. And they are ready to talk about how you're at work. God, others came in this room and they're hurting. They're wondering when you're going to act what you're going to do, how you're going to deal with this problem. And others came in the room just embarrassed that here we go again. Same problem, same me. It just doesn't seem to go away. Well, God, we all bring, we bring all this stuff to you. And we ask that you would help us to be faithful And we ask that you would show your faithfulness to us so that we can recount what you've done. And most of all, we thank you for Jesus and we're thankful that Jesus is at work in our lives and that because of him, we have confidence that we'll be with you for eternity. And we pray it all in his name. Amen. Let's stand and continue to worship. Thank mm-hmm. you.